Hello, folks. Welcome to Music Nerds Unite. We are in the midst of the Elite Eight. This could be the final episode for this particular bracket as we are nearing the finish line. Uh, we're going to start things off. Just an announcement of all these finals. We've got the 60s final as the Beatles against Bob Dylan. The 70s final will be Led Zeppelin against Pink Floyd. The 80s, which to me could be the tournament, U2 against R.E.M. And then the 90s, Smashing Pumpkins against Radiohead. And the first matchup will be the Beatles against Bob Dylan. And uh, just to add something, so the winners of the 60s will, will battle the winner of the 90s in the final four. And the winner of the 70s will battle the winner of the 80s in the final four. Yes. Good call there. Okay. So I also want to take a second to plug my new book, which I just published. It's an ebook on Amazon.com. But if you're into guitar solos, it's the uh, greatest underrated guitar solo. So it's uh, the guitar solos that aren't on all those lists that you see all the time by Guitar World and whatnot and Rolling Stone. And uh, hopefully you'll dig it. It's, uh, it's a much shorter book than my other book. Uh, again, Scott Floman, F-L-O-M-A-N. Uh, search on Amazon and you'll see him. I uh, hope you dig him. Anyway, we're, we're up to the Beatles versus the Bob Dylan. Two heavyweights, two all-time heavyweights, obviously. In terms of influence, I think this is actually pretty close, really. I mean, the Beatles, I still think, win it slightly. But, you know, they influenced each other, right? The Beatles made Bob Dylan, uh, you know, get more into rock and roll, essentially, and, and expand his vision musically, you know, full band instead of the solo acoustic thing he had going on. Whereas, the you know, Dylan influenced the Beatles with the more introspective lyrics and uh, really just kind of more adult-themed music. And uh, I think, you know, they're both fab, you know, fantastic songwriting on both sides, right? But... Uh, I think, again, there's more versatility on the Beatles side because they had three different guys, you know, mostly the two, but you had George in there as well. So there was definitely more variety. I think they could do more. They certainly were better singers. Uh, not That's not even a, a debate. Uh, and the Bob Dylan was hugely influential, and he was big at times, but he was not massive like the Beatles were. You know, the Beatles were number one from day one. Maybe at the very end, they were being challenged by Zeppelin in terms of popularity. The Stones were nipping at their heels at times, but no one ever really took that mantle from them until they broke up, you know? And uh, so, and, and also, their, their, their output was so consistent. Even their lesser albums were really good. Bob Dylan had a lot more peaks and valleys, and that's, part of is that he stuck around a lot longer, right? The Beatles, we're not including their solo work, we're just including 63 to 70, that seven year run or whatever it was, uh, my math. Yeah. <laughs> it's better than years, right? they, yeah, you know, they, they were incredibly prolific, you know, we produced an incredible amount of material for that time and some of the greatest albums of all time, I think, you know, the, you know that really gives them the edge is, is that that quality, nonstop, just all first-rate stuff. The the advantage in their their commercial impact and the the superior song singing, uh, I think uh, 
definitely gives them the edge overall is as as legendary as Bob Dylan is the Beatles have to advance here yeah I think to sum that up I I think the Beatles zero clunkers zero you'd be hard-pressed to even name a bad song let alone a bad yeah album, yeah you know? zero clunkers whereas Dylan you could argue the merits of some of the undersold albums, but there are some clunkers yeah. there, you know? Yeah, um, I, I, um, I think personally, I probably go Dylan a little more, but this isn't necessarily a, a personal thing. The Beatles are the Beatles and they are cutting down the net in the night. I think we're trying to do like a combination of personal versus importance, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Beatles, uh, who cuts down the net? We'll let George Martin cut it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, a note. Well, no, we'll save that for the final four um, about vocals. Not necessarily related to the Beatles, but uh, some of those wings, uh, isolated Linda vocals aren't so great. <laughs> <laughs> but not only do the Beatles have great lead vocalists, but their harmonies were as good as anybody. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And Dylan, you don't necessarily think through that band influence and the rock and roll influence. Uh, everybody, m myself, I'm always like, oh yeah, you know, the Beatles would have been shit without meeting Dylan. But Dylan could have been a one-track pony, one-trip pony without meeting the Beatles. So, Well, I would say the Beatles were, were really good before they knew about Bob Dylan. And he mm -hmm. just took them to another level. You know? Yeah. So the Beatles, <laughs> George Martin cutting down the uh, the net there. Uh, that brings us to the 1970s. Led Zeppelin against Pink Floyd. I mean, I mean, this is the Almighty's here. Yeah, these are two of my top five all-time bands. They they both had a, a run of phenomenal albums. Um, I think Zeppelin wins because they have a little more charisma, a little, they both have a lot of mystique, but Zeppelin had that plus like superstar individual members more so, you know, like Gilmore, I guess is a superstar in his own right, but each guy in Zepp was a total legend and, and it's acknowledged as a total legend of what they did, you know, and they just owned their era. I mean, nobody sold more albums. They had this mystique. They didn't even release singles. They didn't even put their name on the album cover and it sold like a bazillion copies anyway. You know, they, uh, they were the leading, you know, touring band. Pink Floyd was, you know, they were the ultimate album band. They had their own mystique in, in the live show, which we've talked about with the, uh, you know, the lighting and the inflatable pigs and all that and the, and the movies they showed, which was, you know, cutting edge, unique at the time. But uh, I think Led Zeppelin is, uh, they just, it's hard to even verbalize. They, you know, one thing about both these bands, I think Zeppelin had a lot, had more imitators probably, but most of their imitators weren't nearly as good, right? Pink Floyd has their influence, but nobody really sounds like Pink Floyd, you know? Um, ultimately, I, I think Zeppelin has more classic material. I think if you rate like the all-time songs of both bands, Zeppelin's songs would come in a little higher. I think they, their, their impact was just a little greater. Um, you know, Get the Let Out, 
you know, it's still iconic, you know, every rock station, classic rock station still plays those blocks, you know. It's hard to play a block of Pink Floyd. It would need to be like four hours long. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But I love Pink Floyd. They have some of my favorite albums of all time. You know, this is really almost comes down to personal choice. I, I think Zeppelin just checks a few more boxes overall. I think it comes down to a, a level of consistency. Um, not that, I don't know. I don't think you could really argue with anything Zeppelin's put out uh, because it's Led Zeppelin. Um, I think some of the later stuff for Floyd, while it's all good, it's it's not as good. Uh, Zeppelin is just, they're their own thing. Yeah, you could say the Floyd had almost that early era where they were finding their way, some good stuff, but it wasn't quite there yet. And then the post-war stuff, did they hurt their legacy by hanging around too long? Zeppelin is like the Beatles. It's all this self-contained 11-year period yep. where they didn't really put a wrong step forward, you know? Yep. So that's a good point. Yeah. So Led Zeppelin cutting down the nets, um, advancing to the final four to represent... Well, We'll let, Peter, we'll let their manager, Peter Grant, cut down. There the you go. <laughs> and I think, to me, possibly the tightest matchup is uh, U2 in the 80s against R.E.M. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always kind of thought of these as the top two bands of that era, you know, although really R.E.M.'s peak popularity came in the 90s, you know, and U2, you know, was big throughout the 90s, even into 2000, right, when, when they had All You Can't Leave Behind and that big comeback and the, and the Super Bowl performance, which was one of the best of, of them, probably behind Prince, I would say, uh, in, in my opinion, anyway. Um, Again, I think YouTube has just a little more star power. You know, you may not like Bono, but the dude is a rock star, man. I mean, Michael Stipe is, but almost by, he's almost like an anti-star, like Kurt Cobain, you know. Um, the Edge had that guitar sound. I mean, I love Peter Buck's guitar sound, too. But uh, I think at their best, U2 was better. R.E.M. was so consistent and, and amazing in their own right, but... I think you put them both at their peak, I, I put you two ahead of them. And certainly the better live band of the two. And, the, and, and as big as R.E.M. was at their peak, they were never you two big, you know? Sure. You two Joshua Tree era was just, I mean, it's, it's rare where it's a line where the biggest band in the world is also the most critically acclaimed band in the world at that time. The Beatles had it, you know, Zeppelin had it. It used to happen a lot more. But you know, I think maybe U2 is the last band where that was the case, if you think about it. Um, we'd have to think about that, but uh, it could be. Like, Radiohead was never the commercial juggernaut that, that U2 was, you know? Um, Nirvana for a couple months. Nirvana, maybe Nirvana. Um, so anyway, we're, I'm kind of getting, we're kind of getting off topic here, but <laughs> so th those are the reasons that, uh, you know, there's certain negativity associated with U2 that we've already talked about. But I think, you know, that is uh, overwhelmed by, by their positives, in my opinion. So definitely, uh, even though it's, it is a close matchup, I think, to me, it's clear that U2 is the more important band of the two. Yeah, I, I think U2 goes over, um, and you're correct, that that peak just 
you know what makes it even closer for me is I feel and maybe I missed uh, an article somewhere maybe I didn't have a subscription to spin at a certain age but I feel as if REM's reputation is just pristine like there's no like jokes about Michael Stipe or anything you know like Bono's got his detractors I also feel though to us they've been forgotten a little bit to a certain extent you know that you two have not you know they're 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 no longer they're back to being that cult band that they were whereas uh you know you may not like you two but you you can't ignore them you know of course and maybe that's to do with maybe that lack of ego that uh, kind of caused me to latch on to REM or stick with them past just uh, my initial exposure. Yeah, good point. Very few bands have, have gotten that big with that lack of ego and, and kind of still gave off those humble vibes and, and, and being a true band that were, where no one was, was too important compared to the others, you know? Yeah, but I also think that as much as you could shit on Sorry, uh, it's Saturday and uh, I've had a beer here. Um, as much as you could dump on you two or Bono um, ego-wise, and they certainly are deserving of it, they also, from what I understand, both of these bands, as big as they were, they were bringing smaller bands, helping bands get starts, exposing people. I mean, didn't the Pixies go on the road with yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. REM probably got taken out by you two. I don't know for sure. I'm just kind of, and I know REM took out the Minutemen, and REM would would have like more of an indie sort of vibe at some of their shows, and that's wild for bands playing at that level. Both bands have that in their favor. Yeah, yeah, when I saw REM, uh, the uh, the National and Modest Mouse opened for them. So those are, you know, those are pretty impressive bands right there to yeah. be your own act, right? That's a tour, man. Yeah, except uh, my luck, it was at Jones Beach and lightning struck the stadium. Uh, and they ended up postponing the concert for like hours. And by the time REM hit the stage, I was in bed. Yeah. <laughs> But if that I was younger, this, was, this wasn't, you know, if I was, you know, my early 20s or whatever, I probably would have stuck around, but I had to work the next day, and I was, yeah. you know, wasn't uh, worth it. Yeah. It was, it was also horrible weather, so, sure. anyway. So U2 advances, U2 cuts down the net, maybe the fly <laughs> is, <laughs> is up there. Yeah. <laughs> Bono's alter ego. Yeah, yeah. Mephisto, right? Or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that brings us to the 90s. Smashing Pumpkins against Radiohead. Yeah, and I guess the Smashing is, Pumpkins are a bit of the interloper in this in this whole Elite Eight. You know, actually, uh, this is the only Elite Eight that we're guaranteed to not have a number one advance. Number ones are everywhere else except yeah, there. they're the lowest seed that's left. Yeah, and uh, but I, you know, you could argue that some of the bands we put them over with, maybe especially Nirvana, I'm sure people won't agree with, but. I'll, I'll stand by it, man. I, I think that, especially in the 90s, their output was extraordinarily prolific and excellent, and they have a number of tunes that you still hear, you know, all the time on alternative rock radio, you know? But, you know, Radiohead is, to me, like I've called them the greatest band of the past 30 years, I think. You know, you could argue you too, depending on how far back you want to go. But, uh, you know, they have the 
the versatility, you know, with, with their different eras, even more, more so than the pumpkins. They have a consistency that the pumpkins definitely did not have. They did in their prime, but again, they, they kind of hurt their reputation by sticking around too long and having different band members and so forth. So how much do you penalize them for that? I don't know, but you penalize them a little bit, I think. Radiohead has never embarrassed themselves. They've never had these silly feuds that Billy Corgan has. And I know that's not really music related, but it's all part of the package, right? And, you know, you talk about classic, classic albums. Radiohead has like five and the Pumpkins probably has two, even though I would argue that albums like Adore are very underrated, very good albums. They're not at that level, stature-wise. You know, the voice, right, a Corgan, He's got a unique voice, but he's certainly not the singer York is, you know. Um, so Radiohead to me is, you know, they've maintained their relevance far longer than the Smashing Pumpkins did. Their their best stuff, I think, is, is in general ranked higher. And, you know, they both also have a lot of good non-album stuff. That's one of the things that's interesting about both these bands have a ton of, of if you're like an aficionado and you want to go dig for that obscure B-side, they... They'll both keep you busy for a while, you know? <laughs> yep. and, uh, but overall, I mean, as, as much as I love the Smashing Pumpkins and listen to their prime stuff still to this day fairly often, uh, they're just not at Radiohead's level when, when you talk about their their overall stature. So to me, Radiohead's got to go on and, and represent the 90s here. There you go. I'd have to agree. The Cinderella story ends for the Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, Radiohead does advance. I have my own issues with Radiohead. They are personal, but I don't believe I'm the only one. Um, but, you know, who cares? Let's hear Or are you saving that? No, no, no. I, I um, It's not even, it's just, uh, I've used a little bit of this as an exercise to kind of address the, the older version of record store nerd you guys suck because you like this band uh type of mat um and i've strived to kind of get over a bit of that and i think i've actually done pretty well but i kind of know where it began and it began with radiohead and it began um we're talking maybe maybe sophomore year of high school uh, this cool soccer player kid um, who was dating the, the girl I had a crush on, of course. And um, him, he was a year older and he was kind of a dick, as they all are. <laughs> and uh, we're not going to name names here, but um, him and yeah, I took a little bit of shit in high school, whatever. Uh, but him and another kid that used to give me shit. Uh, I heard them talking about it, it. I mean, we could date it now because it was whenever OK Computer came out because they were talking about what's that? 97. 97. So, yeah, sophomore. OK, I was right. Um, maybe even freshman. Well, whatever. So in the gym, I hear these kids talking about the Paranoid Android music video which I'd only like seen snippets of, or it only kind of been on MTV for like a minute, you know, cause it's that long form animation. Um, very interesting, you know, removed from this scenario. Uh, it's a good video. But I remember them like 
gushing about it. And that kind of became my like, my knee jerk of like, oh, that's so good. And not only is that so good, but I'm better than you because of how good I think it is. And that's, <laughs> so I took this kind of, like the way they were talking about it. And like, at the time I'm listening to Leonard Skinner, The Clash and Kiss and like getting into New Order, like whatever. Like I, 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 I kind of took a different route, right? Um, but it's well, interesting because Radiohead, they, they are revered by their fans, you know, in a way that few bands are, you know? So, you know, maybe that's, you could criticize them for having being humorless, self-important, all those words that yeah, yeah, but, but but they've earned it, you know. Yeah, obviously, that's more on me than it is on Radiohead, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm willing to admit that in whatever There's room. Definitely I'm some in. therapy sessions for Matt after these. Uh, hey, these these are my therapy sessions. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we can laugh about it now. I mean, this is however many years ago. But uh, yeah, there's a certain mindset about music that I've always associated with them and wanted to distance yeah. myself from, even though I adopted that same kind of vibe for quite some time. And I do enjoy, from start to finish, most of their albums that I've been exposed to. And I've spent a lot of time pretending to like the ones that I hadn't been exposed to even more. <laughs> so I guess now to invoke an unsung band, uh, and then we'll move on. Uh, there's a lot of bands. I don't know if this band would even crack a next round of this, but there's a lot of bands that haven't quite gotten mentioned Um and have their place in music's history. Uh, there's a band called Mission of Burma from uh, Massachusetts area, Boston area, I believe. And they uh -huh. have a song, uh, one of the lyrics is, I'm not judging you, I'm judging me. And uh, allow that to sink in for anything negative I say about Radiohead. They're cutting the nets down. We'll have the Tom York uh, bobblehead doll. Uh, <laughs> The um, the the weird animation kid with the beanie is cutting the net down with the bobblehead. <laughs> All right, so we're down to four, and there were four: the we Beatles, three number one seeds, and uh, well, four number one seeds. No, no, oh, number two Radiohead was number two. So okay. it pretty much went chalk, except for a couple upsets here and there. We definitely had some upsets early on, but, you know, the cream rose uh, at, at the end. Yeah. Um, so I guess we're going. We're going Beatles, Radiohead. Best bands of different eras, I would say. You know, uh, it's hard to say, you know, it's hard to say anyone will ever beat the Beatles. That's the thing, right? They were first, right? They... Like, what could a band do now that could compare to what the Beatles did, the impact the Beatles had, you know? That's, I think, uh, what well, the uphill battle that certain, that these bands who go against the Beatles are going to face, you know? And uh, Radiohead has done everything you could ask, but again, they, they never had, they had the amazing critical acclaim and love from the musicians and the critical community, and they, they sold a lot of albums, too. They were a big band but they were never the colossus that the Beatles were. They, they never 
totally own pop culture that and everybody followed this band, you know. And uh, both of them have incredible consistency. The Beatles, I think, had a little, you know, more variety. Uh, their songs hit me harder personally. Their best songs, I think. Uh, although, I don't know, Radiohead can at, at times as well, you know. Um, I think you have that dichotomy with Lennon McCartney and the songwriting styles and, you know, throwing in George there that kind of gives them an edge also. Radiohead were more collective, you know, uh, so it, they don't stand out as much, maybe certain certain songs, you know, there's a, a oneness to, to their output at times. Uh, I think they, maybe they're a little too weird avant-garde for some people at times, right? With the, like the Kid A, not everybody got that. Beatles, even when they were like really weird, like I am the walrus and all that, people still dug it for the most part, you know? Mm. And uh, they had that genius of being incredibly experimental, but while also hitting the top of the charts and, and everybody loving them. And uh, so they, they pretty much did it all. They, uh, you know, they were the biggest band at, of, of all time, forget about of that time, of any time. And Radiohead is as brilliant as they are. And I, I think they're among the very upper echelon of all time bands, I really do. Uh, I think the Beatles, uh, they need to advance here. Yeah, yeah, they do. We're gonna bury Tom York and Johnny Greenwood and the bobblehead and the bob <laughs> and the Beatles will be in the finals. I, I think you're right. You know, it's it's a different conversation with them, and uh, I don't think there's the level of both being out there and being respected by everybody. It just isn't there for Radiohead where like it was by the Beatles for the Beatles. Yeah, I mean, there are people who, uh, you know, who, who don't dig Radiohead. They're too serious, you know, I can't party to these guys. Whereas I think there's definitely more uni of a uni unanimous kind of uh, appeal to the Beatles, you know? Speaking of, I can't party to these guys. Uh, do we have another Radiohead memory moment? <laughs> <laughs> Couple years later, uh, the year two thousand, uh, was it Kid A first after OK Computer? Yeah, yeah, two thousand. That's the yesterday I woke up sucking a lemon, everything in its right place, and all that. Yeah, yeah. I uh, it became a little bit more of a punker kid um with ripped stuff and a mohawk at times and i was away at school um in lock haven university pennsylvania and i fell in with a couple of people that you know had fugazi records and knew who the clash were and all that um and i also liked radiohead a bit at the time and i remember that being a big thing and it's funny you say nobody parties to that. One of my, I was actually a straight edge kid, so I didn't drink in college when I went away to school, which is weird. Um, but we went to a party on Penn State's campus. We were about 40 minutes out of Penn State. We went to a party on Penn State's campus in the spring of 2000. People were obliterated. I was not. I was just being my weird self in the kitchen, like not talking to anybody, but also just kind of witnessing it. And it was a trip because Kid A came on 
and played in its entirety. <laughs> and there are like frat people and sorority people making out and humping the air and shit. And it's literally <laughs> Tom York, you know. <laughs> I, stand, I stand corrected. <laughs> so. Depends how much you drink, I guess. <laughs> if you are far enough away from things in Pennsylvania in the year 2000, you can party. I mean, certain parts like the Benz, you could certainly rock out to and party <laughs> to. But, you know, I'm thinking more Kid A, Amnesiac, that kind of era. You know, well, you can party to Kid A, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> so the Beatles have advanced, and now we're dipping across to the other side of the bracket. Led Zeppelin against U2, 70s versus 80s. What have you got? And these bands did, Led Zeppelin did own the 70s, and U2 did own the 80s. This is, there's no, uh, you know, these are two heavyweights, you know. uh, Zeppelin wins because they knew when to break up. (laughs) There you go. There you go. But, But also, like, you ask the average man on the street, who's U2's bass player? They can't name him. You, you know, almost everyone knows who everyone in Led Zeppelin is. That's how how giant they were and how how, how the, the outsized their talent was, you know, as individuals as well as a collective, you know. And uh, Led Zeppelin, you know, they, they have some negatives on their ledger. We've kind of talked about the whole plagiarism thing. They also kind of known as a bit of, uh, you know, satanic guys, right, with the whole Alistair Crowley and all these rumors and, uh, you know, you know, misbehavior with groupies, shall we say, and things of that nature. Uh, you know, but we're just focusing on the music here, right? And and their their legacy, you know, is, you know, even the later albums like Presence and Into the Outdoor are, are quality albums, you know? They're not as good as maybe what came before, but that's, you know, what came before was so phenomenal, those first six albums, you know. You 2 never had a consistent run like that, although I believe they had a phenomenal run of, of greatness as well. Um, you know, Led Zeppelin is, you know, they were the only band to really challenge the Beatles. You know, the Beatles, even if they stuck around, they may have been usurped popularity-wise by Zepp. That's how big Zepp was, you know. Um, you know, it, you could see the changing of the guard happening even at that late stage. Uh, you know, Zeppelin really kind of, you know, they took, uh, the, they were so heavy and they were so eclectic also. So th- there was so many things they did well, I think more so than you two, who had a great sound and a great singer. But, you know, they didn't go to like all these different directions. You talk about a song like tangerine which is mellow and that's the way off of Led Zeppelin 3 contrast that to to dazed and confused and whole lot of love which is so heavy and bluesy and everything in between that they did you know the one-off like no quarter that sounds like nothing else you know you two just didn't have that you know they had great songs they had a great sound a great charismatic singer and great front man they were great live band but so was Zeppelin you know so anything you, you could put on that you two did great, Zeppelin did great. So I think Zeppelin has to move on, which sets up the matchup of my two favorite bands. So it's going to be a good one, the, the Beatles and Led Zeppelin. There you go. Zeppelin over you 2 Does anybody remember Laughter over uh, Bono's revolution speech, right? Um, Am I bugging you? 
But I, I just, I remember the fuck the revolution or whatever. I don't know. He's got the white flag. It's a Sunday, bloody Sunday. Might be a live Red Rocks DVD, maybe. I, I, I don't. I don't. One thing I will say is you two is generally better at live aid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you two's great, man. Um, but Zeppelin has to go, and uh, that. That brings it. Led Zeppelin against the Beatles. Are we going to do some honorable mentions here? Yeah, I think before going into the finals, obviously we've reached the end of this particular run, right? Um, yeah. But there's plenty that hasn't been said. Um, we talked about a couple of bands uh, throughout this. I know we, we discussed Kiss, um, The Grateful Dead, uh, who else? I mean, there's funk stuff. There's Prince. Yeah, we kind of omitted the funk stuff on the grounds that, you know, bands like Prince, you know, artists like Prince or bands like Sly and the Family Stone, you could argue they weren't rock, you know. So otherwise, they, they certainly would have, uh, I think they both would have been included. P-Funk, you know, where yes. do you draw the line? Stevie Wonder, you know. Yep. Oh, yeah. Motown artists, you could name them all. You could have a whole bracket. Um, yeah. So we tried to do a combination of big bands and personal favorites. So certain, you know, bands who, like to me, like Nick Drake. I love Nick Drake. But is he rock, first of all? And, you know, he's too obscure for something like this. For, yeah. you, know, you know, Thin Lizzy. I love Thin Lizzy. You know, Ronnie James Dio, if you take Rainbow Sabbath in his own band. But yes. he, he didn't have, you know, that huge commercial success, you know. So those are some examples. Joy Division, right? You talk about influence. Uh, you know, later on you have uh, bands like you know, '90s bands like Yola Tango, right? Uh, Slater Kinney, Built to Spill. Yeah. You know, earlier on the Pixies, Husker Du, with Bob Mold and Sugar or whoever, the Replacements, right? We we kind of thought about this, and even big bands like uh, Steely Dan or or Leonard Skinner or Chicago. You know, the, it was very tough to uh, to you know, exclude these bands. Deep Purple is another one. Uh, Janis Joplin. Uh, yep. You know, is uh, so we're we're thinking of having an NIT tournament after this uh, mm -hmm. that will basically uh, have the best of the rest. So uh, yeah, can, some of those bands will probably be in it. We can certainly we could go regional. We could go by decade. Like there's all sorts of things we can caveat and parameter. <laughs> around this um nick cave the beastie boys uh bad brains fugazi like do any of them belong on this probably not yeah. but maybe a bottom seat in the nit you know like there's boston jefferson airplane and other big band uh lucinda williams i love her uh you know we get some more women in this you know linda ronstadt my mom's yeah. favorite joni mitchell yeah you know and is she rock I mean, she's she could be, but she's she's kind of jazzy, folksy, also, right? So, Blondie, yeah, you know. Uh, but you know, we could Elvis Costello. There's plenty of British stuff to delve into, but that's for another day, another time, and we can certainly spend some nice time fleshing that out and getting some more sort of legit uh, sort of metrics for it. 
But for now, for what we're here to finish, the Beatles against Led Zeppelin. As it should be, in my opinion. Uh, obviously, we did this, so it's <laughs> that's what we think. But uh, I don't think you could argue too much against this matchup. You know, uh, it's a hard one for me. They've been my two favorite bands just about my whole life. You know, and I don't see that ever changing. Uh, although, like I said, I'm a little zapped out. You know, uh, so it, it doesn't change my love for them. Um, you know. It's a tough call. You know, I, I think when all is said and done, the Beatles stand alone. You know, as, as great as Zeppelin was, and then people, I think there are people who would say Zeppelin even should be above them. Uh, you know, they had, the, I guess, superior musicians overall. The Beatles had better songwriting, better, you know, they both had great singers, but the Beatles had quantity there, right? Plant, as great as he was, and, and how many people tried to be Robert Plant, right? and most fail to, to duplicate his, uh, his great high-pitched wail of a voice, you know, but he could do different things also. You know, it wasn't just that high-pitched voice. Uh, but, you know, the, Be the Beatles had the harmonies. They had two of the greatest singers ever and, and a couple other solid singers as well. I'll give Ringo his due there, you know. He never embarrassed himself. Uh, you know, the Beatles led the way. There, there was just, I think, more originality overall. You know, some of the stuff they came up with was so ahead of their time. Um, they cast an even bigger net than Zeppelin. It's, although Zeppelin, I can't criticize really anything about Zeppelin. They both had, they both had the perfect career almost. They, they were like seven years for the Beatles, like 11 for Zepp. And there's no dead weight anywhere in there. You, you know, you, you could try, but it would be nitpicking, you know. But ultimately, you know, the Beatles stand alone in terms of cultural popular uh, popularity, cultural impact. Um, you know, when they when they joined Spotify, even now, is an event, right? When they came out with that compilation album, number ones, remember all the number one hits? Oh, yeah. Sh the top of the charts, you know. Is, is, so Zeppelin, I mean, they've done things where it was a big deal, too. Like you mentioned, the box set and, and the How the West was one live album, the BBC sessions. And, and these in the DVD that they came out with, it was a big deal also. But but to me, there's Zeppelin. I mean, there's the Beatles and everyone else. And part of it is also the Beatles were there first. They, the Ed Sullivan show, that kind of impact can never happen again. It's just because it already happened, right? You can't duplicate that. It was, you know, that moment in time that can't be duplicated. And to me, that, that the Beatles, all things being equal, and I don't think they're quite equal, but close enough, that definitely puts the Beatles at number one. And that's our national champions, the Beatles. There no we go. International, multi-generational champions, uh, the Beatles, um, over Led Zeppelin. Um, yeah, I, uh, I love them both. I probably listened to Zeppelin a little more, but I think there are songs... The Beatles just just have an edge on the actual like the songwriting and the the sort of being able to kind of hit that common thread um, with just simple lyrics to a tune. Whereas Zeppelin, it's about some other things. I don't know that it's about hearing yourself in it. Um, but the Beatles, that's what they do. That's uh, what they did. Freeze a bird sucked. 
That song sucked, but <laughs> you okay, we'll get that. on that one. I, I remember really that the was, Beatles at that point, you know. Well, but I remember that was you said that they even after there were events, and I remember they had like yeah, the documentary, the anthology, and then Free as a Bird got released as a radio single, and it was like a oh, holy mo, holy moly. And and how many years were people dying for them to get back together? And it was always this thing, you know? Yep. Even after John Lennon died, you know, it was yep. still a thing, you know, until George passed away, you know? Yeah. The, um, you ever seen that movie, Aiden Quinn? Can't remember who else. There's a movie about John and Paul actually meeting up in New York the same night. Uh, I don't think I did. It, I think VH1 produced it. It's pretty good. Uh, just a recommendation out there. I'll get the name for the next episode. But for the Beatles as champions, they're celebrated in plenty of different films. This was um, a legit one. It was like a what if the night that Lorne Michaels offered money for them to appear on Saturday. Yeah, Night. Yeah. You mentioned film, right? What about A Hard Day's Night, right? Yep. How was that you know and even yellow submarine with the animation you know yeah. total flower power right yeah so beatles win i'll get you the name of that it, it was good it was interesting it was like john and paul together watching saturday night live while lauren michaels is saying hey why don't you guys get like like it, it and then them having a conversation about it but it never happened the only thing is now Paul and John are going to have to argue who gets to cut down the net first. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe let's give it to give it to Ringo. Yeah, that's that's, that's <laughs> the easy way out, right? <laughs> but he is like a workman, like just doing it, and uh, yeah, you know, his drumming was perfect for them. You know, sure. he was the right guy at the right time. You know, and, oh, drummers respect Ringo a lot. You know. He, you know, he's kind of a punchline, but he was really good at what he did. And, you know, he may have been lucky to be in that band. He certainly was, but he, uh, he certainly contributed to it as well. well. There you go, folks. That concludes our best bands ever. Uh, a bracket. Um, Beatles are victorious over Led Zeppelin. And we'll be back soon with uh, some version of the NIT. Um, we'll see. I wonder, maybe there's a conversation about getting some of these. Maybe if a band went out in the first round here, we can get a little wrestle back or, uh, or, or, or I don't know. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much, folks. Have a good one. Talk to you later.